Hey everybody, I am Sarah Mitchell and this is the Beyond the Table podcast where we talk about real life, real connection, and how to prepare our families for the real issues that we all face beyond the table. This is episode one and today I'm talking with Ben and Brittany Serple about connection because connection is the foundation for all relationships. So tune in, let's go. Okay, well, Ben and Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today on the Beyond the Table podcast. This is our first episode, and um, I'm just so excited that you guys get to help me with it. <laughs> so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So um, so for all of you watching, Ben and Brittany are part of the leadership team at Loving on Purpose, and as far as I'm concerned, they create um, the best resources that I know for building a culture of um, community and connection inside of, um, families and even really beyond that. But what I love about it so much is that you guys really hone in on how connection reflects God's design. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm just super excited. You guys are like pros in this. Um, I know we've got a lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about today, but before we get into all that, Brittany, you had a huge year last year because you released your first book. I yeah, did. so you want to tell us a little bit about that? I have that here. <laughs> Love it. It's a great plug. Um, yeah, Imperfect Parenting came out of May of 23, and I released it on Mother's Day, really just kind of going after, you know, I'm a mom of three kids, and I have a big mama's heart, and I want people to do it well and really know that there is the priority is connection over this theme for perfection. So you'll get a lot of really practical stories, practical application. I'm a practical girl, so I'm here for you. It's not up in the clouds. It's very much take it immediately and apply it. And um, so there's just a lot of hopeful stories, even about our marriage and kind of our journey into becoming um, parents and um, choosing to love each other, even though we were so different. Uh, So it's, it's just really my my personal story and then our story as parents and trying to give testimony after testimony for you as other parents to stay in the game and yeah. fight for connection because it's uh, so worth it um, no matter what trials you might face. Yeah, I, I read it earlier this year or last year. It is the beginning of the year. Uh, I read it last year and I just remember crying, you know, like at different parts in it because the stories were just, you guys are, you're so good, Brittany, at being like just real and vulnerable and like, not like, oh, I've just got it all together, you know? Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah, um, that is called Imperfect Parenting Connection Over Perfection. Um, and you want to tell them where they can find that? Yeah, you can go to lovingonpurpose.com um, to pretty much find all of our stuff, or you can go to imperfectparenting.co uh, for direct link to the book. Awesome. Good. And the other thing that I really want to make sure everybody knows about is that you guys are coming here uh, March 1st and 2nd. So that will be our second Thriving Homes conference. So you guys were here back in 2022, and we're going to have you back again. Um, and we're going to be talking about all things family. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, and so anybody can sign up for that uh, at gracemontrose.org um, under events. Um, and yeah, we just can't wait to have you here in person. But for now, we'll deal with being on 
uh, on video call with you. Um, and we're going to dig into this idea of connection. That's what we're talking about today because connection is the foundation of healthy relationships. Um, so I want to know from you guys, why does why do you think that connection matters so much in marriages and families? Yeah, this is uh, this is what we spend most of our time talking about and doing and uh, practicing really as well. You know, it's it's one thing to talk about it, it's a whole other thing to practice. <laughs> but I think really there's the the desire in all of us, whether it's marriage or parenting, it really is that that I have the opportunity to influence your heart. <clears throat> And it's, it's near impossible to have a positive impact and influence when there's no connection. Yeah. So I have to resort to things like power and control and manipulation and fear tactics to get you to move in a certain direction, which is, which works. It just isn't productive and it doesn't create the things we want. So the, the other option and really the, the thing God's put on, put on display over and over again throughout eternity is that the level of connection we have is kind of direct line to, to each other's heart. It creates the influence we're looking for. Mm, that's so good. I know. And, um, in my family, like we, yeah, I I've tried all of the control, manipulation, <laughs> fear, punishment, you know, all of those things with my husband and my kids. I mean, we've all done it. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I know from experience having gone through stuff with you guys that pursuing the route of connection, you know, the fruit is, tenfold or more, probably <laughs> exponentially more than that, um, of what fear and manipulation and control are. What do you think, Brittany? I mean, God designed us for connection and, and deep relationship. So it's from his very being that he's put this desire in us. I, I think that our human nature has distorted it and mm -hmm. put this desire for control um, in us. And so it's, if we can stay connected to the father, then we're going to do a better job staying connected to our other relationships in our lives. Cause we're knowing how to prioritize them the way that he would want us to. And just like we have to prioritize our relationship with him. So, I mean, connection is the, the foundation of trust, of love, of safety. I mean, it has to be there for those other areas to thrive. And, um, so when you remove it or you don't prioritize it, it becomes really obvious in your relationship, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your neighbor, your coworkers. I mean, you name it. If you have lacking in connection, you're probably lacking in safety, trust, and overall the belief that there's love in this relationship. Yeah, no kidding. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about how you guys see that connection that we have with others in how it relates to the kind of connection that we have with God and how that kind of is the overflow. Yeah. I, I mean, when I hear that question, the first thing I think about is actually our beliefs. You know, what are we believing to be true about how God sees us? You know, is it really coming to us as a father or is there some kind of like taskmaster thing we have going on here? Yeah. I, I met with a man last week and he's in his sixties. I think he's near retirement. He's got, grown children and grandchildren. And I asked him this question. I said, how do you, how do you view God? And he paused for a minute, like, here's this question you're asking me. And he, he had to go searching, like, how, how do I see God in my own life? And he got to, he's had enough healing that he said, I see God as a father. But if that's not your answer, then that's going to actually influence every other relationship and, and view you have, because I, 
I'm getting my belief system from how I view the ultimate relator, the ultimate relationship I have in my life. So for me, it, it starts with that, that believer and, and that, that knowing, how do I see the Lord? Because then, then it begins to show up in what's marriage for me? You know, what's my role as a husband? What's your role as a wife? Yeah. If, if it's distorted with God, it's going to be distorted here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the hard truth is that if you are off in your alignment with it's your relationship with God first, then even yourself, you know, mm-hmm. to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, I don't think that we understand that very well. I think it's easy to just bypass ourselves and just, I'm going to meet the needs of all those around me. I'm actually doing the uh, poor justice of loving them well, because if I'm not really doing a good job of loving myself and being in tune with what my own heart needs, then I'm giving them, you know, halfway, I'm giving them a, a distorted view of this. So, you know, the line of God's self and others is really crucial for me to actually deliver something to the relationships around me um, and to serve those people. So if you are, you know, leading a small group or if you are just leading your life and Christ is alive and well when you're in the grocery store. All of that has to do with your connection to the Father, to yourself, and then others. So mm-hmm. you need to make sure that your funnels are lined up correctly for it to have the impact in which God is wanting us to have. Yeah. So then um, what would be like a good question for somebody to ask themselves to figure out if they're in, you know, doing things in that right line? Well, I, I think, you know, being able to sit with yourself and ask yourself, how am I doing? What do I need? A lot of people want to skip that one. They feel like they got a connection with the Lord. Sunday service was great. I got fed. <laughs> worship was off the hook. And then I'm going to go to the grocery store and evangelize. But I'm not going to deal with the trauma that I'm hiding that I have with my spouse and yeah. what I need and the pain I'm living in. I'm going to mask that. So I think being able to have community and friends um, or work with a counselor that's willing to ask those hard questions, because I think self is often removed. So it's like God and others, and we just forget self. I think sometimes self gets a bad rap because I'm not saying being selfish, but I'm being self-aware. And and self-aware is um, when I say yes to things I should have said no to. So I build resentment, but I don't tell anyone and I act out of that resentment towards others. These are all places that I think we get out of alignment with the funnel. Our belief systems of who God is, is he the redeemer? Is he our healer? Is he our source of hope? Is he joy? Is he good? If I can't answer yes to all of those I would be diving into scripture. I'd be asking for some spiritual advice. I'd be seeking out truth because if that's off, that's going to jack everything up. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That, that just really speaks to me even personally. I mean, and in, in I've done some work with you in the past, Brittany on this, but just in how, how easy it is to get motivated um, to do things out of fear or out of worry that, um, for me, it's like that I'm not going to be good enough. Um, and as I've like dug into some of that and dug into that self-awareness stuff going through Kylo University last semester, um, you know, it was just amazing how God's opened up this avenue for me to say yes to things wholeheartedly instead of like, you know, out of fear um, and not having that that underlying resentment. So that's that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think one of the things as well that Sarah, you kind of touched on is is knowing what your goal is. Mm-hmm. 
I think even this relationship with the father actually starts to create clarity around the goal we have. So for instance, when it comes to conflict or confrontation, if I don't have a clear goal, then I'm doing it to try and win something or to try and protect myself rather than to actually protect the connection and the relationship. And that's two very different goals. So I think one of the questions people can ask themselves if they're listening to this going, okay, this is great, but now what? You know, maybe ask yourself, what's your current goal in your most important relationships? Is it a safe distance because you're scared of something? Or is it to actually become as connected and honest and open as possible? And then what are you needing to create that? And probably the same question with the, with the Lord too. You know, what's your current goal with the Lord? Which is a funny question to ask. But, but when we're really honest, we, we come, come to that moment and go, my goal is actually, I don't want to hear God's voice in certain areas of my life. I've hidden that thing on purpose. I'm scared to hear what he thinks about it. And part of that is back to belief systems, but what's, what's your goal in your relationship? I think is a great yeah. question. Yeah, that's so good. I know for my husband and I that shifting that goal intentionally, it just made a huge, huge difference, you know? Um, so that, that makes me think about like, you know, Jesus paid a lot of attention. He talked a lot about fruit and the mm -hmm. fruit in your life and um, how, how knowing him and being close to him and being in good relationship with him produces good fruit, right? If we abide in him, we'll produce good fruit. And he talks about cutting away, um, you know, the parts, the branches that don't have good fruit. So if we look at the idea of connection, and we'll talk about it mostly in the family relationship, so either marriage or, or with your kids, um, but what does, what does that good fruit look like? I mean, it, it looks like uh, your connection is on display and other people recognize it. Mm -hmm. I, I would say um, for us, going to church and everyone looking good and polished doesn't mean that I have a good connection <laughs> right. with my kids. You know, we had a funny situation uh, the other day where we were all going to church. Our daughter was home for Christmas. And so, uh, you know, it's our first time going to church together in a while because she's been at school and we all got kind of disconnected before we got in the car. And, you know, we're the connection family. Everybody knows us and we're the family people <laughs> at church. So I'm not going to go and roll up on Sunday morning and just fake our way through this. No, I don't actually care. So I'm going to do everything I can to restore the connection so that when I do roll up on church, we're actually connected. Yeah. So I think that, you know, being able to see fruit is, you know, people know that you're doing the work and know what you're prioritizing is most important. And, and that's actually seen rather than you look good. I think the yeah. fruit is that, you know, you, I, it's funny because we've had people for years in our kids' lives talk about how honest our kids are, how um, they communicate their needs. They, you know, they are, when they meet with their, our kids, you know, they talk about their relationship with us and they say, you know, they might be struggling with you, but they're never talking poorly about you because they care yeah. so much about your relationship. Yeah. And so that's all fruit that we have practiced and put in the work and our kids feel like they have a voice in our mm -hmm. family. They don't feel like they're silenced. They are very important um, contributors to our family. And so um, I think that's a big part. And, and again, the willingness to, 
to not look perfect. I think that gets us in a lot of trouble. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't really care. I want to, I want to know that we're really connected here and, and you kind of learn more about that, you know, from their youth leaders or their small group leaders or different people that have relationships with your kids. They kind of get to learn how is your home life really? Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think that's how that gets put on display and your, our kids replicate us, you know, they, they replicate it in their relationships with their peers, Mm -hmm. you know, watching our daughter learn how to have a healthy boundary with another young girl. That's not very kind, but she's doing it, speaking the truth and love and she's setting a healthy boundary and she's not disconnecting because she's scared. Those are all places of fruit because Mm -hmm. they, this is what we practice in our home. So it just shows up um, because they live it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're, you were talking about not faking it. And I remember being, I remember my daughter or or my oldest daughter, who's 14 now. um, I remember her probably being a toddler. And the day that I like realized like, oh, I actually care more about her making me look good than about her actually like doing or being good. And it was such a huge wake up call to me as a mom. And, you know, it's one thing when they're like a toddler and you can like, I don't know, like touch their leg or squeeze their hand or try to do something at the grocery store to make them behave. But, you know, when you start getting into those older elementary and preteen and teenage years, like you don't, you can't do that anymore. So you've got to have something bigger to fall back on. Absolutely. Something to pull on. Yeah. 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 I, it, Sarah, to answer your first question, just about fruit, the first thing I thought of when you asked that question was, I might get the reference wrong here. So you'll have to, Hope your listeners have a have a true <laughs> reference to the Bible here. Okay. I think it's First Corinthians thirteen, in that love chapter, where it says, "Love is patient, love is kind, love is long suffering. It, it keeps no record of wrongs, and it just keeps going through this, essentially this this measuring stick of here are some things to pay attention to, if you would like to put love on display. And I, I think you'll know the fruit is is bearing in your life when when those things are doing well. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really good thing to go read through and go, ah, I'm doing it with patience. I'm keeping some record of some wrongs over here. And that's mine to own. Mm-hmm. It's not because of them. I can't blame anyone else. That's a decision I've made. So yeah. let's get, let's get prune that bush a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I think the other piece, and this, this is a little bit of a sidestep, but Danny Leacher, our, our pastor, when he reads that chapter about bearing good fruit, he actually says, the, the fruit that remains, and I think it's John John 15, that, that chapter, when it says the fruit that remains, he says that's people, which I just love how he says it. It's just a great reminder that the, the, the thing we're sowing into, and you're you're talking about the, the attributes of the fruit in relationships. Yeah. But when he says that the fruit that remains, the thing we're sowing the most into is our relationships, the fruit that remains is people. And that's our biggest investment. So, you know, that's... I think what, what Brittany's saying is when we watch our kids, the things they put on display, that's where it's going to show up. And that, that's the thing I'm most excited about is not, did I preach a good message or was my Instagram thing cool? You know, it really is. Are my kids living out the thing that we planted in them and have, have worked so hard together in a partnership to, to bear fruit in? Yeah, for sure. So if that's what good fruit looks like, then what would 
maybe not so great fruit look like? <laughs> I think it's just as simple as disconnection, mm -hmm. you know, um, when disconnect is protected, that's probably the hard part is that you've modeled that you've modeled that the priority isn't, uh, the, the connection isn't a priority. And so, um, I will fill my time with mindless things like Netflix or other people. I will prioritize. I'll disregard. I think disrespect shows up really loud. Um, and, and, really the root cause of that is that you have fostered disconnection as something you're willing to protect. And so therefore it's passed on. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents say, well, you know, the rebellious teenager, I would argue it's actually harvest day. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, you know, your child that's willing to be rebellious and extreme and yell and say hurtful things has learned at some place, this is how we communicate. And, yeah. you know, I'm absolutely guilty of, uh, you know, hi, my name's Brittany. I can be a rageaholic. I get angry <laughs> on my worst day. And that used to be more frequent than it has in years and years now. But early years of learning how to be a parent, it came out quick and loud. Yeah. And um, the temptation is always there. But going through this crazy season with our daughter Delaney, I wrote about it in, in our book. I just, I put that sword down and I just focused on connection and she still manifested disrespect, but it was pretty mild in a lot of ways compared to other uh, families I've worked with because I put down the sword a long time ago and I didn't pick it up over and over again. I, I mean... I had to consciously go, I have the sword in my hand. I will not use it. I will not use it. I will not use it. You know, and so I have to put it down. But I think this is the hard part is that it's, it's disconnection and it's that we fostered that and made space for that. And I don't think any parent would say, I want that as a priority. I think fear drives us to protecting that because we're scared. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's kind of the fruit I would see. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking as you were saying that was like when I notice times of disconnect with my kids, it's because I get scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I, when I don't act on that out of love, you know, when I let that fear be the motivator behind what I choose to do or how I choose to treat them or um, rashly punish them for something instead of finding out more. Um, yeah, it, it just it doesn't go the same. Um, and it's, it's been cool the, the last six months or so. We've had a lot of, I think, God-given opportunities to clean up messes with our kids um, that they've made. And it's been really neat to have a new set of tools to pursue connection first, to not just go straight to being um, upset all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, like, same as you, Brittany, you know, hi, when I was a mom of little kids, like, total, totally went into anger first. That's just what I knew. Um, and it's been work, you know, to change that. Um, but one of the cool things, knowing what the, the good fruit of connection feels like in our family is that when, when we start to notice the bad fruit creep in, we know that there's an issue there that needs to be dealt with. And so now we can go ask the right questions, you know, Hey, what's going on? 
seems like we're not as connected as we normally are and start to pursue, we're, you know, moving back toward that connection. Um, so it's just been great. So if you've got, let's say that there's a family listening to this and they're like, oh man, like we're just so disconnected. Like we don't even know where to start. We hardly even like each other. Our teenagers are awful, you know, um, not that you want to say that about your teenager, but like, there's just a lot of struggle. Um, what would you, what would you say to that parent? Like, where do they even start? Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I'm kind of thinking about that mixed with your other question too. It kind of flows together a bit. Um, C.S. Lewis describes humility as not thinking less of yourself, just thinking of yourself less. Mm. Meaning I'm, I'm not diminishing myself in the middle of this pain and this hurt and this fear. But, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce something different. I'm going to introduce a different player in this game, so to say that player called humility, which means I'm going to hold on to my side till you put it down. And, if, and, and if, if you relinquish or you give in first, then we can do something about it. I'm going to bring humility to this environment. And first of all, clean, clean up any mess I've made. Like Sarah talked about a minute ago, if there's any mess that I have with my teenagers, with my spouse, with my child, that's five, you know, whatever age they are, if, if they can handle you clean it up, that's, that's a great place to start. Hey, here's some, here's some things that I'm responsible for. There's a whole list of things we both know that you've done, but that's not mine to clean up. This is what's mine to clean up. It's what I can control. And then, and then we're asking questions about what are you needing from me moving forward? What would it look like for me to say, I love you? How would you hear that from me today and moving forward? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think you love me at all. It doesn't matter. Let me say that were true. So have a think about it. You come let me know. What it would look like to communicate that I'm crazy about you mm-hmm. starting today. But I, I, I think starting with humility is pro- probably, and you know, this, this might be an, an overs- oversimplification. There's lots of things to talk about, but if, if you haven't done that yet, that'd be a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about cleaning up messes in our house a lot. (laughs) And it does. You're right. It starts with the parent, you know, or it starts with the one who's willing to be like to just take ownership of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, parents, you're leaders. You're 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 leading your home, even if you feel like you're not leading your home and it's out of control. You're still leading it, which means I'm still giving permission to this be the culture. So I would, you know, the best way to get back to connection is clean up your mess and then pursue connection. And maybe you can't have the clean up your mess conversation just yet because you're so disconnected and it's like an eyeball touching contest and nobody wants you that close to them. I would be chasing after, you know, what do I know about this kid? What do I know about this person? How do they receive and hear love? That is my goal is to send this message so clear. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that when I feel connected to you, I'm, I'm more apt to lean in to the hard spaces. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I tell parents, don't bring a level eight problem to a level two connection. I tell my married couples that Yeah. if you need to up your connection levels, then that's what you prioritize Mm -hmm. and you practice using the tools to manage yourself in the hard between now and when we get to have that hard conversation 
because um, a lot of times parents are like, well, you got to have a hard conversation, but they got to know where they're wrong. They got to know that I'm disappointed. They got to know, you know, this has to change. Yes, we will get there. You can't change it when you're disconnected. Right. And so. And they probably already know. And that, yeah, there's, there's, they're not, there's no secret that Bobby snuck out of the house and got caught. Everybody's aware of that. <laughs> Nobody forgot. But what we don't know is that there's grace, love, and forgiveness and a desire to be connected to you. Right. That gets really quiet. It's amazing how quiet the good gets and how loud the scary gets. Um, so I would just encourage parents to lean into connection and pursue it, even in the midst of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's how the Lord wins us over. We are in the midst of scary. We are probably the most scary <laughs> beings ever. And the Lord's like, I just want to be connected to you. And we yeah. go, okay, I, I guess I'll let you in. I mean, it proves in process it has worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that that's not at the exclusion of consequences. Right. Those are still happen. Those are still super important. But but our families need to know that that the first place that we go is connection. And then when that trust, when that safety is built, then then we can move forward toward um, toward what consequences need to be given. Yeah. 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 I just had a conversation with my son last night, essentially saying, which consequence would you like? It was more about him him following through on a promise he had made to someone uh-huh. and him take responsibility for showing up to something. And he was just overwhelmed with the thought. Mm. And I said, okay, buddy, well, it's up to you. This is your decision. He's 11. Which consequence would you like? The consequence of not going or the consequence of going? It's up to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's a really hard decision. He's now in, he's in tears, crying. He's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, buddy, this is, you get to weigh this. And this opportunity right here, is really him practicing the impact my life has on other people, mm-hmm. which is just so powerful, such a powerful lesson that we often miss till we're much older than 11. Yeah. So I, it was just such a sweet moment and not for him. He, he, he got there. He actually, it, the night ended great. And he, he had a little perspective change and he's like, I think I know what I want to do. I'm like, great. You own that then. Yeah. You own whatever decision it is. But that's, I think, I think we can get there when the thing Brittany's talking about is what built connection. So mm-hmm. um, the, the, the consequence is a great teacher. Yeah, just, just, to, just to reiterate what you're saying, I think we often want to lecture our children, or even punish. our spouse, or punish, yeah. to try and talk you into the lesson. Like, hey, you're welcome to this hour-long lecture. Do you feel better? <laughs> no, I feel worse. But the, the weight of a natural consequence for my decision does lots of teaching. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we're, uh, we're out of time, which I can hardly <laughs> even imagine. I could just keep talking to you guys forever. I'm sure we'll have you back on, but Brittany, you guys have got more tools in your book Imperfect parenting. So you guys should totally pick that up. It's on the loving on purpose website or at imperfectparenting.co. Um, and don't forget to sign up for the Thriving Homes Conference because then you'll get to meet Ben and Brittany live and we'll have them here. You can ask them all of your questions about your family specifics. It'll be awesome. Um, and we'll get even more tools. It'll be awesome. And uh, yeah, I just thank you guys so, so much for being on here and joining us today. And um, yeah, just would you just uh, real quick, just pray over our families as we close out? Absolutely. 
Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for the, the unique call on every family listening today. God, God, even the ones that tune in later on, that listen to this a year later, God, that there's a unique call on every family that's tuned in today, that, that there's something you're doing that really is going to begin to shape towns, cities, and nations, and churches, God, that, that you're doing something unique. God, I just release that that any any blockage or, or any, any understanding that's not from you, Lord, will begin to melt away, that we would catch your vision for our family. Lord, Lord, Lord the unique players in this home that really you've placed there on purpose will begin to take, take our place in the kingdom, Lord, and really see you do what, what is on your heart for our family. God, any disconnection, any any fruit that isn't from you, Lord, that, that you begin to just let that be washed away in your presence, that we would be a family that bears great fruit because of the deep love that, that you've built in us. So Holy Spirit, we bless these families. Ask for protection and life in them. And just the testimonies coming back, God, would be profound in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Yes, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yep. <laughs>